and welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you out there. I can't wait to showcase our book today. It's called Worth Fighting For. By the time you finish the relationship between Salem and Natalia, you are going to say it really was worth fighting for. My newest release coming up in March is called A Match for Bernadette. And if you haven't had an opportunity to get the pre-order, go ahead and download today on Amazon.com. As always, we want to thank our corporate sponsor for their support, Christian Book Club. To find out how they can help you build your readership, go to ChristianBookClub.net. We want to thank our Patreon team as well. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past eight years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, go to Patreon.com slash WriteStuff. And as always, we covet your prayers. I'm going to introduce my guest co-host and contributor today, Miyashanta Ross. Miyashanta, how are you doing today? I am great. Thank you for having me. And I am so excited that you are with me as well. Before the broadcast, we were just talking about your book and how much I really, really enjoyed it. And I couldn't think of a better title to showcase on Valentine's Day. In my opinion, I think people are falling out of love with the idea of love. People really don't want to put in the work. Marriage and long-term relationships are something that you have to continue to work at. You put in the work to get that person, but then once you got them, it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I don't have to fight anymore. But there are times, much like Salem and Natalia, where you have to make the decision, we're going to fight for the love that we have. We pursued one another. We got married. The googly eyes have subsided. But now we have to continue to work. Any good job or any hobby that you have or any talent that you have, you have to work at it to, to get better. Yeah, a lot of people have fallen out of love with this idea of it because they don't want to put in the work. We want to separate love from God. He is the source of love. I think once we begin to reconnect the idea that God is love and through him we know what love looks like, then we can fall back in love with the idea of love. I think right now people chase emotions. Particularly when you first fall in love with someone, it's fuzz and busy and just, I can't wait to see you, I can't wait to see you. We want to mm -hmm. stay in that because it's so exciting to feel. But the thing about that mm -hmm. stage of love, which we normally call puppy love, is that it doesn't last long and it has to constantly mm -hmm. be renewed. And what tends to happen, the longer you know a person, suddenly the things that made them perfect begin to shift away and you start mm -hmm. to see their flaws. And their flaws, sometimes you go, why do you have to leave your underwear on the floor right in the middle Listen. of the hallway? <laughs> you <know>? Listen, <laughs> you're preaching to the choir, you know. And it's so funny because people don't understand, you know, my, um, I've been a widow almost three years. Some of the things that used to drive me crazy with my husband, I miss. I miss having to pick up his underwear. I miss hearing him snore like a freight train every night. I miss him not picking up his clothes when he when the hamper is literally two feet away from him. But it, it, it's just those things. When you were talking, it, it made me think of something. You know, a lot of people want to quote 1 Corinthians 13 at weddings and, you know, love is patient, love is kind. But as you go through that verse, it, it continues. It says, love keeps no record of wrongdoing. Love never fails. 
Love endures all things. So people like to stop at the first part of that. Love is patient. Love is kind. But it also endures all things. It also bears all things. Love never fails. So in order to get to that last part of that verse, you have to go through some things. And that's what Salem and Natalia, they really, really endure a lot. And they've only been married three years. They really have to decide, do we have something that is worth fighting for, or should we just be done with this? And I think a lot of people, particularly in the Christian church, sometimes we give up fighting because it's hard to fight. But I thank the Mm -hmm. Lord that he didn't give up on us. And that's why I say we have to remember that love comes from God because God Mm -hmm. is love. Once we begin to remember that, we can then refocus our shift on pleasing me to pleasing you. Or like one Mm -hmm. couple I know, uh, Bill and uh, Jessica Fortenberry, they're the sweet people of God. He says, we fight each day to put the other first. I think you come from very unique, too, as being a widow, if if you don't mind, because you can look back on your marriage and counsel others who may be struggling today on Valentine's Day. I never want to always act as, oh, Valentine's Day is for lovers. Sometimes it's for ex-lovers, too, if you will. And just talk and give wisdom from a woman who loved her husband dearly, but you guys Mm -hmm. did have some messes that happened, some of which are reflected in worth fighting for. So I would love to get your opinion on this as well as we go through our conversation. Now let's talk a little about you before we do that. We do know that this is the second book in Uh your series here. So tell us first, what led you down the path of writing? I have loved writing ever since I was a kid. I was the kid uh, that got excessive talking on every report card from the time I was in pre-K until 12th grade. I always had something to say. I always had something to write about. You know, my classmates would always say, so Nene about to start on her rant. I've loved writing and reading for as long as I can remember. And I've never been one of those people that just kind of, you know, they can go and people watch and, and they write stories based off what they see. Like my story is always based off of something I've experienced. And so I tell my friends and family all the time, don't do nothing that you don't want to end up in a book. Because <laughs> if you do something crazy, it's going to end up in my book. So just my personal relationships friends that I have, things that we've endured uh, in our relationships have always been a source of uh, inspiration for me. So Worth Fighting For, um, along with Worth the Wait, which is the first book uh, in the Worth It series, it started off with me being like, okay, God, why am I still single? I'm tired of being a bridesmaid, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I'm tired of going to baby showers. I'm tired of going to weddings. Like, when is it going to be my time? Whenever you're not expecting it, my husband ran into me in Walmart, and the man followed me through Walmart. And I'm like, what is wrong with this man? Like, every <laughs> aisle I end up on, you know, my husband was on the aisle. And I'm like, what, what is it? Like, who are you? I was able to kind of take our story and write Worth the Wait and then continue that story with Worth Fighting For. So. My life has always been the source of my writing, but I've loved writing ever since I was a child. Uh-huh. People tend to say you shouldn't want to fight, and we tend to see fighting in a, not necessarily a negative view, but it's always in a certain place. But in your, mm-hmm. in your story here, our couple are going through a lot of things, and there's mm-hmm. always this cycle of something happening, whether it's external or internal, and then mm-hmm. a moment where they come together kind of like in the ring and they start yeah. to fight. They try, they fight each other, yes, 
but they also mm-hmm. fight for each other too. And I think yeah. that's significant because if you do have a fortunate relationship where you don't have a lot of arguing and you're still together, that's a good thing. But mm-hmm. the more you get to know people, your personalities may clash, your mm-hmm. agendas regarding particular things may clash. Or in our case with Salem and Natalia, the past is encroaching on mm-hmm. their happiness mm-hmm. and external factors are coming against their relationship as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. So sometimes they're in a the ring fighting each other and sometimes exactly. they're in a the ring back to back fighting the adversary. So there's this exactly. thing about fighting that's going on in the story. And then there's a couple mm-hmm. of secondary characters which I cannot spoil for you, so I'm not going to say it. There's a couple of secondary characters who are also fighting. But when you look at it, you're like, I can't believe you guys are fighting. You guys had a really horrible thing happen. Why are you fighting to get that back? So in this book, there's a lot of fighting involved. Uh Let's talk about this theme and how it relates to the story. We were living in Texas. They have this program that you can go through, like a premarital class, you take so many hours, and you get your marriage license for $12. And I remember my husband and I went to our Saturday session, and they had a session on fighting fair. And I never will forget that the facilitator was talking about how you have to understand that your partner is not your enemy. You all are on the same team. You all are both fighting, and you have to learn to fight fair. And um, they kept giving this analogy of getting in the ring with your partner Uh, but not hitting below the belt. You know, they kept throwing in all these boxing, um, you know, kind of analogies. And they really stuck with me because a lot of times we take our frustration and our anger out on the person, and we're on the same team. Like, we're we're not fighting each other. We're on the same team. And so we have to redirect our energy to those external factors, to those, you know, other things that we have, family or other things. We have to start, you know, using that energy to fight that off so that we can make sure that we are a unit. Um, My husband was a football coach, and he was an assistant coach, and he always talked about how as an assistant it's my job to work with the the head coach. It's not my job to come out here and try to run the plays. I am assisting, you know, and he would always tell me, Neashanta, we're on the same team. You know, we're we're not fighting against each other. And so I think it's important for couples to understand that you all are a team. And so the only people you should be fighting are people who are trying to come in and infiltrate your team. Like, you're not fighting each other. And so um, that's something that I really learned in telling this story. And um, my husband and I, like, we fought dirty. Like, I was, I was a dirty fighter. Like, I was, I was the hit below the belt. Like, I can cut you with my words, okay? And I realized that I had to learn to not keep score. Let's not talk about what you did January 1st, 2017. Like, well, let's move on from that because I remember. I keep notes of everything. I got all the receipts, okay? And I was the one that would always go back and regurgitate. Well, remember you said and that they taught us that's fighting dirty. Like, don't keep, you know, bringing up the tally, you know. Learn to fight fair. And when you fight fair, you'll realize that you have something worth fighting for. It's important for us to realize who the real enemy is. And when we're talking about as Christians, we're talking about Satan. And he wants to come in. He wants to see, see where, where he can, you know, all he needs is a, a, a foothold. 
You know, all he needs is an inch to come in and bring dissension. And we noticed a lot of that with Salem and Natalia. They had so many little blind spots. You know, my husband would always talk about you got to watch your blind side when you're when you're playing football. You got to always be on the lookout. I think it's a wonderful analogy, and I'm glad that you answered in such detail that you did, because this is Valentine's Day, and I can't help but think maybe someone may be feeling down about Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. They may be in an argument with their spouse or their Mm -hmm. loved one, and they're Mm -hmm. like, I'm mad and I'm tired of fighting. But if it's worth fighting for, you'll fight for it. Because at the end of the day, Salem and Natalia love each other. And it's a deep love they have for each other. There's one scene in here toward the beginning where they had gotten to an argument and Mm -hmm. he came home and she's walking towards him. As she's walking towards him, he says, you know what? She does it for me. No Mm -hmm. matter what had happened. She yes. does it for me. Yes. And at the end of the day, he wanted to have her continue to do it for him. And we're yes. talking about, we're not talking about, you know, <laughs> the other stuff, but we're just saying about yes. everything about her, he loved about yes. her. And yes. that was reflected in their relationship, too. They do really care about each other. But one mm-hmm. thing you said that I want to go back to, you said infiltrate. And that is a mm-hmm. term that I think we have to also talk about for Valentine's Day, there are people Mm -hmm. who are going to infiltrate on your relationship, whether Mm -hmm. it's family, friends, Mm -hmm. or some well-meaning coworker, or even, I would say, people who have no interest in your relationship, but whose opinion you listen to. So let's say Mm -hmm. some celebrity therapist or some celebrity somebody, and you Mm -hmm. know how we tend to go, well, I agree with big time so-and-so or someone Mm -hmm. like that. So you're going to have people infiltrate your relationship in different ways, but it's up to you to make sure they may infiltrate but not stay and grab and Mm -hmm. um, what's the term, infiltrate and um, siege, siege the Mm -hmm. the camp, if you will. Mm -hmm. What are your Mm -hmm. thoughts about that? Yeah, it's so very important. I, I learned that at the beginning of my marriage, you know, I have a very close relationship with my mom, um, and, and I would learn that, you know, my mom is always team Neashanta, and she loved my husband. That was like her son. But I had to learn, and even with friends as well, you have to be very um, careful the the details of your marriage that you share because me and my husband, we, we done made up. Like, we done moved on from that, and, and my mom is still mad about something I told her two months ago that my husband did. Or my friends are still looking at him sideways when he come in because something I told him about last month. And so it's very important that you uh, watch the, the company that you keep. And it's very important that you have wise counsel. You know, um, I have a lot of people in my life that every time I would call them and be like, yeah, uh, I'm over this, I'm over him, uh, I'm going to the courthouse, and, or I'm going wherever I need to file these papers and I need to be done I have a lot of people um, in my life that are like, okay, so whatever y'all need to do, whatever conversation need to be had, but I'm going to need you to get over it because this is your husband and you made vows, you know. And so you need people in your life that are going to keep you grounded. You need people in your life that are going to remind you of the vows that you took. Because, honestly, that's what all those people that are standing up there with you at the altar, all you know, we had like 40 people in my bridal party, Okay. My husband wanted everybody he ever met in life to be a groomsman, okay? So I had that fine uh, equal number of, of bridesmaids and, and all that. But 
essentially those people are supposed to be the ones to hold you accountable. Those are supposed to be the people that say, okay, Neil Shanta, when you and Jonathan are having a tiff, okay, let's fix it. Let's work it out. And that's kind of what Quincy and Sadie are in this story for Salem and Natalia. They kind of are their moral compass, and they kind of bring them back to center. They've only been married a short amount of time, but they've figured out, they got the secret sauce of what marriage is, which is leaving and cleaving. You leave your father and your mother and you cleave to your spouse. And cleave is, is much deeper than just sticking. When you cleave to something, like there is no separating. It's really important that you make sure that your focus is on your spouse. Because if you all are tight, nothing can break it. Nothing can infiltrate. But if there's weak spots, if there's weak areas, if there's a leaky foundation, it's not going to take much for somebody like Tatum to come in and break it up. And speaking of, we got to get into this story, because I know our listeners are just going to be so intrigued by this uh-huh. story called Worth Fighting For. And before mm-hmm. I do that, I definitely want to thank Angela Anderson for the connection with Nia Shanti yes, Ross. And I, I, as soon as I saw the cover, I said, I have to read it. I remember thinking yes. that. And she said, okay. And so I'm very excited for this book. I've been reading it, and I thoroughly enjoy it, particularly those people who like urban fiction. If you like uh-huh. urban fiction with a face uh, with a face embedded into it, you're definitely going to love this story. I yes. love the detail because it takes place in New Orleans, and it takes uh-huh. place in Texas. And so our main couple, let's go ahead and talk about them, is Salem and Natalia. One thing I liked about Salem is just as things that I like in masculinity for me, mm-hmm. I love that he's a big guy, but he's mm-hmm. all muscle. And you can yes. see it because your visuals are so good in this book. You can yes. see he's a big, big black guy, probably bald-headed yes. a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and he got big old muscles, and he likes to work out. Yes. And then you see yes. uh, Natalia, and Natalia, uh-huh. she's um, heavy set like me a little bit, yep. uh, a little bit she's smaller maybe. Girl. But yep. he loved his woman. He definitely loved yep. his woman. So I just and love the, the fact. the first that he's had like that. You know, he always went for supermodels, you know. But it was just something about her. Like, she she drew him in immediately. And, you know, he completely threw out his, his type. There was, the, the, the type was thrown out when, when he saw Natalia. And, you know, we, we figure out their love story in Worth the Wait. Shameless plug. But go back and read Worth the Wait. So that you can really appreciate worth fighting for because you see this pursuit, you see this chase that he has with her. And Natalia has a lot of um, baggage. She comes with a lot of insecurities because of her weight. She comes with a lot of insecurities from past hurts and pains that she has. And this man comes and, you know, kind of going back to our conversation before the interview, he's like a bomb to her. Like, he comes in and he really just kind of patches up those areas. And he really allows her to kind of start to love herself again. Because Salem is fine, fine. Like, this man is fine, okay? He he got everything. You know, he biceps, tri, triceps, quadriceps. You know, he got it all. You know, nice chocolate skin. He is the total package. And so for him to be so smitten with her, she's like, okay, well, I must be talking about something because this man is really all over me. 
And I love how you have the bliss of marital affections with them, with their physicality. There's nothing explicit for our listeners out there, but it's just, it is heated. And I loved it for that matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Valentine's Day, and I hope it's heated with you, you know, wherever you mm-hmm. are. I hope it's heated yes. with you that you love it. Because yes. God made, gave us uh, intimate relationships for a reason to express yes. what we feel for each other. And so that's yes. expressed in here. But I love the fact that, he loves her and her. And so it makes you – it does make you want to go back and read Worth the Weight. Yes. So I can't wait to read that. Now, she yes. has some girlfriends here, her she girlfriends, Giselle and Rosalind. They yes. are a trip. But I love yes. it because it gives the fact that we're not – even though we're in love, even though we're in love, we have to be mindful that we can't be on this island of love forever. There are other mm-hmm. people out there balance. who need our affection, wouldn't you say? Yes, balance. Mm-hmm. What I like about Raza and Giselle is that they are her support group. And one mm-hmm. thing they do, they encourage her in her marriage. They say, you need to go back to your man. If you're mad at him, go back and talk to him about it. And yeah. one thing that Natalia does, I think some women in general do make this mistake. When we get upset with our man, we go to our girls and say, hey, mm-hmm. girl, guess what he did? And you just spoke mm-hmm. to how you got to be careful what you say. But then you yeah. got to thank God for the girlfriends to say, look, you may be True. mad right now, but go ahead. And what first she, she said, Roger particularly says, go back, talk to him. You you have to have accountability. You got to have people in your life. You don't need nobody in your life like, girl, yeah, you don't need him. Go find you somebody. No, like you need people that are going to recalibrate you. You need people who are going to bring you back to focus, which is what Uncle Freddie does with Salem. He tells him, go back to the basics, like recalibrate, go back to where life made sense. Fix it. Go back to where 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 was the break? And you need those people in your life that are going to say, okay, yeah, once you get done with all this fussing and cussing, go back and talk to your man. Because y'all are the, y'all are the covenant. Y'all made a covenant to, to one another. So if I have an issue with my, my husband, I need to go to him and talk to him about it, as opposed to going to everybody else talking about my husband, because they can't fix it. Now, it starts to get messy with Salem and Natalia almost as soon as you read the book. And Mm -hmm. it gets messy, not because of another woman per se, but Mm -hmm. it is another woman in his life. And who is that other woman in his life? That's his baby. That's his daughter. Salem is very much loosely based off of my late husband, Jonathan Ross. He loved, loved, loved. I, I call her our offspring. Um, and that I cannot tell you how many times we had canceled date nights and we had, you know, at the last minute, me and Shanta, we can't go here because my baby needs me. It, it really put me in a difficult position because on the one hand, I love her. But on the other hand, you keep taking my place. You know, you keep being more important than me. And, you know, there's so many issues that are are brought up in this book, and one of them is this whole notion of blended families. I remember one of the biggest arguments me and my husband had, he had the nerve to tell me that I have been a father longer than I've been a husband. And Mm. I'll probably always be a father, but I might not always be a husband. And I looked at him, and I, I mean, it was the audacity for me. Like, you really just said this to me, dude. And the issue was he hadn't found that that balance. He didn't know how to be a husband. You know, we were still newlyweds, but he knew how to be a father. 
And he didn't have a father growing up, so he dove in head first, and he said, I'm going to be the best father that I can be. But you're failing in the husband category, sir. Like, you absolutely right. You probably ain't going to be a husband no more because you're not balancing, you know. So he had to find a balance of I can be a husband and be a father at the same time, and neither one of them feels neglect. Salem grapples with that throughout this book. He finally finds his rhythm. Uh, but he just felt like my baby is my priority and everybody else just ain't, even if that's my wife. And it made it interesting with the conflict between himself and Natalia because mm-hmm. Natalia is on one hand grateful that he's such a good dad. It's yeah. not as if he was beating his daughter or anything like uh-huh. that because she wouldn't have been with him. She probably would have took his daughter and ran off somewhere. Exactly. But he's taking care of his daughter because the mother of his daughter is literally trifling. And we won't go more than that in yeah, the story. We definitely read it. But she is uh-huh. definitely trifling, you know. Uh-huh. But, and so he's doing the best that he can with what he has to work with. But then mm-hmm. it brought to mind how the Lord says, wait till you get married before you get into mm-hmm. these really interesting, um, interesting uh, things. But mm-hmm. he was married to the mom's. Uh, yeah, the mother of his daughter. Yeah. But there's more yeah. to the story, as always, because mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, the story is yeah. quite messy, and it's yeah. a good story for Valentine's Day, I think, because we love the smooches and the high, mm-hmm. the high arcs. We got to deal with the low arcs too, if you yeah. will. And you so do. she deals with this tug of war of his affections between her and his daughter, and he loves mm-hmm. his baby girl. He's protecting her, mm-hmm. and you feel sorry because you're like. Salem, you gotta take care of Natalia. Natalia, you mm-hmm. have to understand Salem, that's his daughter. Yep. And so you're basically yep. squeezing both of them and shaking them both. There's another woman that comes into play kind of early in the story, and mm-hmm. is her name is Tatum. Mm-hmm. Tatum comes off as a very attractive woman, the kind that mm-hmm. when she walks into a room, you immediately take notice of her. Absolutely. And she knows it. And mm-hmm. she is going to let you know that she knows that we are all looking at her. So mm-hmm. she's very much she's very comfortable in herself, if you mm-hmm. think about it, very self-confident. And for a woman like Natalia, dealing with past hurts about her appearance, that could be mm-hmm. quite devastating to a woman. For sure. For when sure. Tatum comes into his life, whereas he pursued Natalia, Tatum is pursuing him. Natalia and Salem have some issues. And the pursuit is actually not necessarily pursuit as much as Mm -hmm. when are we going to get together. So there's a danger zone coming in there, and he's well aware of it. So what he does when Tatum tries to pursue him, he runs away, kind of like Joseph did with Potiphar's Mm -hmm. wife. Yeah, he ran away, right? Mm -hmm. But there are times when it's hard to run away when you are out of sync with your loved Mm -hmm. one. Tell us about that. you got to watch those places where somebody could infiltrate. You got to watch. You got to always anticipate what your enemy or or you have to an- anticipate what somebody might do. You know, and at the beginning of the story, we, we see some blind spots that made it very easy for Tatum to come in. Natalia put Salem in a, in a compromising position, so to speak, because you know, she she really, she has her mind made up about certain things, and she's just made up her mind that this is what it is, and uh, I'm going to draw this boundary because you're not taking care of me, so therefore I'm not going to take care of you. 
And and that's a difficult you can't play these you can't play these kind of games when you're married. You cannot put your spouse in a situation where they have to go seeking validation and love and connection with somebody else because that's your job. You know, and uh Natalia made it very easy. She made it very easy for, for Tatum to come in. She made it extremely easy. And 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 Salem kinda did too, honestly. But then that goes back to my point about being accountable too. So mm-hmm. even though Natalia made it easy for him, at the same time he's accountable for his actions. For sure. And for that's sure. why um he doesn't get off the hook either. So Tatum comes sure. into play, they have this friction between them, and then the story literally just starts to spiral out of control very quickly mm-hmm. from for there. Sure. So from the first page on, you are caught up in this couple who you actually are rooting for. You want to fight for them too. You and that's know. one thing I loved about Worth Fighting For is that I want them to work together because it's such a lovely mm-hmm. couple. They really do love each other. When you go into they his do. thoughts, his thoughts are consumed with his woman and her mm-hmm. thoughts are consumed with him. But then you have sure. all these ugly things on the outside attacking mm-hmm. them. And mm-hmm. then there's one scene in there. It's not a spoiler per se. He's talking to his mother. And his mother says, have you been talking to the Lord? Mm-hmm. Have you been praying? Have mm-hmm. you gone to him? And he admits the issues start to get to him when he does not do what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I remember going to a wedding some years ago, and at the wedding it was said, we're not just getting married. The Lord is here in this relationship. So it's me, my wife, and the Lord, and it's a braid mm-hmm all Mm -hmm. coming together, working together. And somehow between Natalia and Salem, the braid unraveled and they forgot the Lord. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about how very important it is to keep the Lord our relationships. It goes back to that verse that says a a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. If you have that third party that holds it all together, because that's be honest. You have two imperfect people that are trying to come together and they're trying to fuse different backgrounds, different upbringing, different dynamics. They're trying to bring all that together and make one hodgepodge of a marriage. And the only way that that's going to happen is if you have a higher power that is putting, putting all these things together. And so God has to be the center of um, your marriage. And I remember me and my husband, we, we kind of got to that point to where we were just bickering, fighting every day. And we both just kind of got to the point and we said, what is the issue? Like, you know, let's get to the nitty gritty. What is the problem? You know, yeah, we got the baby mama drama. Yeah, we got the financial strains. Yeah, we, but what is the issue? You know, and we had to get to the point to where we both had to be honest and say, I haven't been in my private prayer time. We haven't been praying together as a couple. I haven't been covering you as your husband. You haven't been covering me as my wife. Like, we had to get back to the basics. And when we really started understanding that that was an essential part of our marriage, then things started to get better. And I got to a point to where, um, I, I saw somebody years ago, I don't remember who it was, but one of the uh, ladies, she said that whenever I have an issue with my husband, I, I talk to my father about it. I get on my knees and I complain to my daddy about what my husband is doing. She said, and almost immediately 
the Holy Spirit will convict him and he will come to me and say, you know, baby, I should have done this differently. I'm sorry. She said, I start, I changed my tactic. I changed my strategy. And instead of attacking him, I started going to the father who is in charge of all of this, you know, and that was kind of something that I started to do as well. But, you know, you, God has to be the center. Otherwise it's just, it's not going to work. I, I don't know how people, uh, are in relationships or relationships or are in marriages without God. Like, I, I, I don't know how you can do it. And I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because we do have to remember, like I was saying earlier myself, God is love. He understands how it works and mm-hmm. how it moves and breathes and changes and mm-hmm. how love actually matures over time. And as it matures, it grows stronger. And I did a post recently, Niashanta, called Mm -hmm. I Just Can't Stop Loving You, a Christian perspective of romance. And me Uh being a Michael Jackson fan, uh, I love that song, by the way. Uh And as I was thinking of it, I said, we want to get to the point where I just can't stop loving you. We like the romance of it, but it takes time to go through that. Uh-huh. And it takes, it's not always the puppy love that's going to sustain you. It's the deeper one that sees exactly. past the flaws, that yep. makes up, uh, that keeps going on to where you can't say, I just can't stop loving you. And yeah, so yeah. I was thinking about that as I was reading Worth Fighting For, which is available on, for pre-order on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. So make sure you go ahead and pick pre-order because it drops on February 22nd. Now, Nia oh, Shanta, what I'm going to uh-huh. do, I'm going to go ahead and mute myself. Now, I want you to go ahead and just read an excerpt from okay. Worth Fighting For. You can go ahead okay. and set the scene and then take it away. All right. So this scene um, is right after um, another failed date night, another abruptly canceled date night, should I say. Um, where Salem had to come in and he had to really kind of do some fathering um, and he had to prioritize uh, his daughter Sage once again. Of course, Natalia is very upset because they've been planning this uh, date night for some time uh, and she was really looking forward to it. And at the last minute, he sends a text and he says, babe, I'm sorry, but we can't go um, this, that, and the third. Um, and so she's at home spewing. She's, uh, you know, she's got all of her clapbacks ready for whenever he walks through the door. And unbeknownst to her, he walks through the door with Sage. So she's very upset because she's like, uh, what is happening here? So that's kind of the setup for this scene. So I'll read a small excerpt. Hey, Sage. Natalia returns a hug and kiss and tried her best to feign excitement. Sage continues to clean to Natalia. Guess what? Daddy's going to cook my favorite meal tonight, and he said that I'm going to be here with y'all for a while. I love being here, especially with you. She finally let Natalia's waist go but clung to her hand. Natalia saw nothing but red and wanted to respond but couldn't muster up anything to say, at least not anything appropriate to say in front of Sage. All she said was, oh, Really? Sage flopped over onto the couch and started to slip off her shoes. Yep, she continued. My mommy went out of town and forgot to tell me she was leaving. She forgot to tell the school, too. Salem, who had been silent observing the exchange between Sage and Natalia, finally spoke up as he unloaded the grocery bags. Baby, why don't you take your stuff to your room and let me talk to Mama Nat, Okay for her to come to the kitchen and handed her a package of crackers after planting a huge kiss on her forehead. 
Sage took the treat, grabbed her backpack, and rolled her suitcase down the hall to her room. Natalia walked into the kitchen and sat across from her husband as he took his favorite cast iron skillet from under the cabinet. She tried to choose her words wisely, but at this point, she couldn't care less what she said or how she said it. She started in on her husband through clenched teeth. Salem, I have been calling and texting you for I don't know how long. We were supposed to be gone. And then you have the nerve to walk up in here with groceries? She took a breath. And her? What the heck? It's not even our weekend. And Salem cut her off. Her? That's my baby, Matt. And if you knew what I've been going through, you wouldn't even be coming at me like this. You need to check yourself. Natalia jumped from the chair like she was about to throw hands on the yard. I would have known if you took the time out to answer your phone, she yelled. Salem added a little olive oil to the skillet. Natalia, can we table this discussion until tomorrow? I've had a long day and really just want to make sure my baby is straight tonight and get into bed. He turned on the sink and doused his face with water. Natalia shifted from left to right and pointed her fingers at Sage's room. And by baby, she pounded her chest, just so that I'm clear. We're talking about Sage, right? Her words dripped with sarcasm. He shook his head. We are indeed talking about Sage. She's my priority at the moment, and she's more important to me than a date night or a concert. And that is an excerpt from Worth Fighting For by Nia Shante Ross, available for pre-order on Amazon.com. So what I loved about that scene is just the arguing we were talking about. And any reader and listener listening to that can see, okay, this is sticky, this is messy. And I love mm-hmm. it because I think sometimes those are the best stories when you got to mm-hmm. pull all the good stuff out of all the gunk that's going yeah. around. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then yeah. at the same time, you can't fault a man for wanting to take care of his daughter, particularly mm-hmm. when very innocently Sage says, oh, mommy forgot to let someone know she's going out of town. Mommy mm-hmm. forgot to tell the school, too. And all I could mm-hmm. think was trifling. That's all trifling. I could think trifling. that she was trifling. trifling. And, and I love the fact that you have these really uh, interesting moments in here. That's just one of many in here. So Salem and Natalia's relationship is not Hallmark. It is uh-huh. definitely one that's based in reality, lots of icky yeah. situations going on. And you wonder mm-hmm. how are they going to fight through all the various things that happen in their relationship. Mm-hmm. But I can't help but think how fitting that is as we get ready to end our show, how fitting it is for Valentine's Day. Because mm-hmm. some people may be young lovers, they just got married, they just get together, and today's mm-hmm. the day they express that. Some have been married for 40 years, some 14, 15, 2, mm-hmm. 1, whatever. It's, yeah. Your love is worth fighting for. If you're in it a relationship, is. especially if it's um, by the Lord's standards, it's worth fighting for it. We didn't say it's going mm-hmm. to be easy. Sometimes you do want to just get out the ring, sit down on the bench, and just say, you know what, I concede you're the winner. I'm not going to fight anymore. But no, mm-hmm. when you're fighting it, that means both of you are engaged in the relationship. Yep. Wouldn't you say? You can't fight if you're in the ring by yourself. You know, like you have to have somebody that is getting in the ring with you. And that that's something that when whenever I speak about my husband, um, good, bad, indifferent. We we definitely did not have a perfect marriage at all. But one thing that I loved about our marriage is that both of us were always willing to get in the ring and fight. There were times where I felt like he was putting his baby ahead of me. I felt like he, everybody, at, at one point in our marriage, I felt like everybody 
had a, a say in my marriage except for me. Everybody was in my marriage. Everybody was a priority except for Neashanta. And I was trying to figure out what was my purpose. Did you marry me because you needed a mother figure for your child? Did you mother marry me because I I got my stuff together and I'm established? Like what 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 is my purpose? Because obviously you weren't looking for a wife. After those hard conversations, we would always be willing to start over the next day. And one thing that just always made me seethe about Johnson, we could have the 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 ugliest knockout, drag out argument, but he would always make sure he I knew that he loved me. I mean, I would be like, don't talk to me because I'm one of those people like when I'm mad, don't say nothing to me. Like I could hold the grudge for two years and I won't ever say nothing else to you. But he would walk out of the room and he would always come back and he would turn to me and he would say, and I still love you. And I'd be like, don't say nothing to me. Leave me alone. And he like, and I still love you. You know, he always found a way to remind me we're still in the ring fighting. You know, we're still, and I'm going to still go to the store and I'm still going to buy you some snacks. Don't buy me nothing. I'm still going to buy your set. You know, like I'm that, I'm that dirty fighter, you know, but he always reminded me that no matter how ugly this fight gets, we're, we're on the, 17th round, you're bloody, I'm bloody, you know, the ref has had to come and break up the fight, you know, you're on the ropes, I'm on the ropes, but we're still in this together, and we're still fighting, because we have something worth fighting for, so, you know, this this story is, is definitely for those who have hit rough patches, this story is for people who just want to know that there is something on the other side of it, like all this fighting and bickering, there's something so beautiful on the other side of it, but you have to get through the fight. You know, you have to get through the ugly, the the vows for better, or for worse, sickness and health, for richer, for poorer. I remember at my husband's funeral, the 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 guy, who, uh, the pastor who did his funeral is also the one who married us. And you know, he looked at me and he said, Nia Shanta, he said, one thing that I can say to you is that you lived out every word of your vow. He said, and you have completed that assignment. And he said, you should, you should um, apply yourself because not very many people can say that they lived everything that they professed on this altar. And he said, you did. He said, you lived out every word of your vows and you fought. And until your husband took his last breath, you, you were there. And, you know, I, I, I don't remember much about that time, but I remember those words to me. And he said, you did it, you know, and I just remember feeling such a sense of accomplishment. Like we could have quit so many times. We could have gotten out of the ring. I could have, you know, we could have called the fight. We could have forfeited, but we both stayed in this ring. You know, and I think that's so important for people to see and so important for people to do, because like you said before, people just quit, you know, and I just remember feeling like I I did it. Like I completed my assignment with my husband and it was the darkest and most painful time of my life that I'm still walking through. But I just remember saying, God, thank you for not letting us quit. You know, thank you for not letting us throw in the towel when it got hard. Like, thank you for pushing us to, to continue to fight for what we had. Nashanta, it has been so wonderful talking with you yes. and just having a great time with you. Uh, if people want to get in contact with you, where can they find mm-hmm. you online? 
So I, uh, I've, I've recently jumped into the Instagram world, a, a, a realm I said I would never go, but I am on Instagram now at Neashanta Ross Wright. Uh, I'm most active on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Neashanta Ross, and then I have a readers group, which is Neashanta Ross's Readers Group. Um, and I'm on Twitter, but Twitter is like the long forgotten uh, stepchild of my social media world. Um, but also you can find me um, on my website at neashantaross.com. Um, I try, I'm really trying, I, I, I'm, I'm asking the Lord to give me uh, whatever he wants me to do as far as um, blogging, and I have all these different ideas swirling around in my head to do blogs and podcasts and things like that. So um, those are the places where you can find me, but I'm most active on Facebook. This show is always about encouraging the authors whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. So in a few mm-hmm. moments we have left, why don't you go ahead and encourage our authors out there today? Look, you have been given a gift. God gives things. He gives gifts without repentance, okay? He knew what he was doing when he gave you that gift to write. And there are so many people that say, I have a story in me. I just, well, get it on paper. Like, literally get it on paper. Tell your story. There are, you know, I, I was looking at a um, a meme a while back, they said, whenever you think that there isn't a place for you, just walk down the bread aisle and look at the bread aisle and see that there are 50 varieties of bread and they all have a place. You have the, the white bread, you got the wheat bread, you got the, you know, the bread with seeds, you got the bread, the low carb bread, there's a place for all of it. And so you have a story that nobody else can tell except for you. So do it. And think about your bread that you're going to give back to the world. Mia Shanta, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being with us on the show thank today. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed having you, and I cannot yes. wait to have you back and have you back yes. soon. Yes, please have me back. It was so much fun. And we were talking today to Nia Shanta Ross. She is the author of the book, Worth Fighting For, available for pre-order on Amazon.com. Make sure you go ahead, love on my sister, and pick up your copy today. And when it drops down on February 22nd, you're going to find out Salem and Natalia are definitely worth fighting for. What about you? Is your relationship on the rocks today? Do you have some issues with your loved one that you want to get solved but you don't know what what to do? That's because you're sitting on the sidelines. And I encourage you, if it's worth fighting for, get back into the ring and fight for your relationship. Thank you for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day.